All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck Nicks? This is Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. This is your show. It's your show, people. Those of you who listen, it's yours. Uh, it's mine, but you know, I share it with you. If I didn't do that, what would it be? Just me talking to myself and inviting people over to, uh, to get me out of my head. So it's your show. And today I talked to Dan Soder, the comic, funny guy, good guy, big personality, talks what he knows. And uh, I don't think we'd ever really, we never really met. We maybe we had briefly, but uh, this is the first time we've talked. He has an HBO special called Dan Soder, Son of Gary. It was from 2019. It's sort of what got me locked into what he does. And, uh, He's funny, and he's going to be on the show today. So, look, let's get a few things out of the way, because I mentioned a a restaurant I go to here in Glendale quite often, because I think it's great. It's basically uh, Middle Eastern food, but I said it was Persian, and it's not. It's Lebanese. That place is Scaffs. It's over on uh, Verdugo. And the last time I was in there, they had heard I mentioned it. And now, of course, I feel bad because I said it was Persian. I'm not even sure what... Persian food is, to be honest with you, it's probably somewhat similar, but it's Lebanese and it's the stuff, you know, they've got the falafel, they got the, the baba, the hummus, tahini, they've got the, uh, they make a great fool, the cabbage salad and the meats. That's my, not my bag anymore. Right? I just want to straighten that out. Not uh, Persian, Lebanese, scaffs. There you go. Tickets go on sale for my 2024 tour this week. Here's where I'll be coming from January through June. San Diego, San Francisco, Portland, Maine, Boston, Providence, Rhode Island, Terrytown, New York, Atlanta, Madison, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Chicago, Minneapolis, Montclair, New Jersey, Philly, Washington, D.C., Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit, Charleston, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina, Vancouver, and Seattle. There's a pre-sale that starts this Wednesday, November 1st at 10 a.m. local time for each venue. The password is all in. One word, all in. The general on-sale date is Friday, November 3rd at 10 a.m. local time. Go to wtfpod.com slash tour starting Wednesday for links to all the dates and venues. A couple of ongoing stories. On Saturday night, I was honored at a grief support organization. I was honored by Our House Grief Support Center, which is an amazing organization that provides grief support for, for, for families and for individuals uh, at all levels of grief, throughout grief. And I was honored this year at their gala, and I was given the Good Grief Award for my work in publicly talking about grief uh, on both the podcast and obviously my last special. And it was, uh, it, it was interesting for me, because I, I didn't know about this organization when Lynn died. I had no idea, and I kind of hammered away at it myself in the way that I thought one does, and it was during COVID, as some of you know, and unfortunately, uh, after she passed, it, it was hard to to be with people. There was no memorials. There was no, you know, there were some Zoom Shiva type of things, and, you know, a lot of people reached out. I felt, I felt supported, certainly, but, but it was... Um, it was difficult, and had I known about this organization, maybe I, I would have sought it out because it is something that uh, that happens to everybody, and it's something that if you don't process 
um, thoroughly or, or, or process at all, it could, it could bring you down from the inside. But I thought it was kind of interesting that I was being honored for being hilariously sad at a, you know, at a grief support organization. And I, and I think I could probably look at this as a lifetime achievement award, because I, if, if you look at it properly, and and I think it's not that big a stretch, I I think I've been hilariously sad uh, my entire career. So I'm going to look at it as a lifetime achievement award, the good grief award from, uh, from our house. Uh, If you want to donate to them, you can uh, check it out. It's uh, ourhouse-grief.org. If uh, you could use their services or or would like to support their mission, which is really to support people, uh, individuals, and families in in all stages of grief, and and it was uh, it was it was amazing. Now, you know, not to 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 like I want to make sure I frame this properly because it was a first in my comedy career because I knew I had to go up, accept the award, say some nice things. But also, I'm a comedian, so I, I believed I was expected to do a little bit of jokes. And, it, you know, those kind of gala things where people are eating, big round tables, not an easy gig. Uh, but I knew I needed to, to drop a couple of jokes. And, and I'm, I'm being totally honest with you, this is a first, that before I went on, you know, there was many sort of speakers and some honors throughout the night. And then there was dinner. And then they brought up uh, a, a mom and her three children who had lost uh, a husband and a father to talk about the center and then me. So it was, it was probably the heaviest transition uh, I've had to deal with in my career, but uh, a powerful evening nonetheless. So moving on right into it, the refrigerator problem. As many of you know, there, there's been a, it's been a while that I've been struggling with the ice maker in an old, an old fridge. Uh, I had my Alex, the Ukrainian fridge repair guy over here on and off for what seems like a year. There was a passionate uh, displays of anger and frustration. He came over with his son. He yelled that he hated my fridge. His son said, fucking Murphy's law. And, but you know, Alex had had me pretty convinced that it was, it was his destiny and his quest in life to, to fix my freezer. But then, you know, it was just, it was hard to get him over. It was hard to get in touch with him. And, you know, it, it started to feel like a relationship I didn't necessarily want to be in. So I ordered a fridge about a month ago. It's basically the same fridge, just new. And it makes beautiful ice, beautiful little cubes of ice with a big, beautiful tray. I mean, I was willing to fight this fight with Alex, but then I just, I lost my will. I ordered the new fridge. They took the other one out, did not mind. I was happy to see that fucking thing go. And I'd like to believe Alex might've been too on some level. I didn't know what to say to Alex. So I just sent him a video of me opening the fridge and the freezer, showing him the ice. And I just texted, it's over. We tried. I have not heard back from him. Uh, I'm sure he got the message. That's where I'm at with this thing. Other things that are happening. Halloween is happening. I've bought so much candy because last year I was inundated with kids of all ages, probably some in college, uh, not even wearing costumes, but that happens. You know, why not if you can get away with it? So I got a lot of candy. I think we'll, we'll carve some pumpkins tomorrow. And uh, on Tuesday, just 
be there. I just got to be careful not to, because I feel bad. You know, I'm, I, I'm innately codependent and you know, I, I just start to throw too much candy in and they just stand there with their outfits and their parents. And if you give one, two, you got to give the other two. If you give one, three, you got to be able to shit. And then all of a sudden I'm throwing all the candy into uh, two bags and then I'm out of candy for when the, uh, the I think the slightly buzzed grown up kids come to pillage, which is fine if I don't have candy for them. But uh, we're all set for that. I guess I, I should tell you, I just got out of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I found the, We found the day to do it. We went. We locked in. IMAX, baby. Fuck, that's the only way to see a movie. And it really is great to go to the movies. And I think in this time of decline, that the communal feeling of being in a movie theater, even if you don't like the other people, you, you know, it's just, you know, people were wondering, and obviously there's been a lot of, press on this you know between Oppenheimer and Barbie and just the return to the theaters the Taylor Swift movie but there is something great about it of having the, to 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 witness with a bunch of strangers the difference between you know what you do at home while you watch a movie or the impact it has on you to walk out even just you know side glancing people after a movie that was powerful like that movie was it makes a big difference. It's a shared humanity. It's a shared bit of, of receiving profound storytelling. And it does mean something. It is different. It is vital. It really is going to the movies. And I've been doing a lot of it lately. I know my uh, producer, Brendan goes frequently and it's something uh, humans have been doing uh, when the world seems like it has been ending forever, not just for entertainment, but again, for respite. And for for a little distraction, but you know, if it's a heavy movie and it's got things to say, and uh, the feels that it makes you have are important human feels to have uh, in in the context of what we're going through in our world today. Uh, even deeper, even better, more than just a distraction. Art, baby, art. But that IMAX thing. It's just the size the screen should be like back in the old days. That's the fucking movie screen. It's supposed to be that big. I don't know if I need the chairs rumbling, but but it, it's a real movie experience. And this one, the one we went to has the reclining seats. So it was, it was nice. It was nice. I didn't even want popcorn. I ate a lot of popcorn. doesn't matter. But the movie is spectacular. How, how is it not going to be? You know, obviously DiCaprio is amazing. De Niro is great. Uh, but Lily Gladstone fucking carries that movie, man. And I knew when I saw her in Certain Women, that Kelly Reichardt movie, wow, I knew. I was like, who the fuck is that? And now she is in the, you know, the biggest movie of the year, probably, I think, in terms of weight. And she was amazing. And also several WTF guests, obviously, it seems that's the way with any movie now. But but I was surprised that the musicians in the movie did so fucking well. Jason Isbell is in the movie. He's got a pretty big part. And he fucking, he holds his own, man. He's there with fucking DiCaprio. And he does the, he does the thing. Sturgill Simpson is in it. Great. Holds his own with De Niro. Great. Jack White held the screen well. Uh, very impressive. Pat Healy who always does these smaller parts in these movies that are either, you know, old-timey 
uh, set in the West or, or relatively new time he's set in the West. And he's always good. I'm going to text him. And speaking of people on the show, Nate Bargetsy hosted SNL the other night and did very well. I'm saying this with, with pride and excitement for people I, I know kind of well and people I know not so well that I've talked to. And also just to counter my own sort of, uh, you know, lingering sense uh, that I am not as popular as them. That's all right. But, you know, that's not taking over. Right now, it's the other thing that's taking over. It's the happy for, for the people I know thing. Listen to me live in it. it. It's not always there. All right. So, look, here's where we're at now. We're at Dan Soder time. Uh, again, this is the first time we ever really talked. He's out on tour right now through the end of the year. You can go to dansoder.com to find dates and get tickets and watch that 2019 HBO special, Son of Gary, I think was... Uh, a big deal for him, and I, I think I had just seen it when I had this conversation with him. I mean, I know enough about myself to know I'm not. Uh, I just I'm too panicky, too yeah. worried, you know, I, and I'm just uh, too selfish. You know what mine is? What I want to be liked too bad. Well, yeah. So I'd be like, I, I would, I would do stupid things to get my kid to like me. I, I, you know, it's like I push back on the. Uh, the people liking me too much. Oh, yeah. You're like, hey, you know what? Watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, you I think you it. like me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just yeah. keep a healthy distance. <laughs> I think my entire comedy career was sort of navigating that, sort of wanting to be liked with like, I don't trust you at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so crazy because as a people pleaser, one of the main things you realize is I don't want half these motherfuckers to like me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want, why do I want you? Well, people pleasing is like, that's a, like a, I, I don't know. Maybe I thought that too, but I think I have more of it than I think. I, I'm a little older than you. Yeah. I come from a certain amount of chaos. Yeah. Not the same kind of chaos. Sure. But once you realize, you know, that you don't have uh, the emotional autonomy that you think you do because uh, you either have been trained by a parent yeah. to accommodate them. My God. Right? My God. I was raised by a single mom, so mine was be a soldier. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just be a good soldier. Oh, really? And so then I never she was... She didn't lean on you? Yeah, but in weird ways of like <laughs> yeah. keeping the house clean, of being a uh, good soldier. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best way I can describe my childhood. And you grew up in, where is it? Aurora. So, we, I mean, I grew up in New Mexico, so we're sort of like... Yeah. There's a, there's a thing about... Uh, Southwestern and but it is, the Rocky I mean, Mountain High Plains, the Rocky Mountain uh, uh, townie. Yeah, it is. It's it's weird being from. One of the funniest conversations uh, was I was on the phone with Bobby Kelly and he was with Bobby Col and he was with Colin Quinn. Colin and Bobby. It was, it was right when I started opening for Bobby and Bobby goes, "Yeah, I'm on the phone with this kid, Dan Soda. He's from <laughs> where are you from, Soda? I go, uh, I'm from Aurora, Colorado, and Colin's just a genius. Yeah, and Colin immediately goes. Oh, yeah, uh, suburbs, uh, nice suburbs in the 70s, dilapidated from the 80s and 90s. I'm like, that's exactly what it is. It's for it's just like moved on suburbs. Like Quinn has like been making notes across America. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, you can tell, give him anything. I, 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 I feel like I remember Aurora. I don't know why I would have gone there, but I feel like I know it. The mall shooting, that was big. Oh, that was, that was it. That was Batman. Oh, we that had, was it. Yeah, Colorado, we all have our own. Oh, that's own. right. Yeah. We have our own shooting Columbine, stories. too? Columbine's uh, more towards Littleton. That's, right, that's Littleton. West, west of Denver, but... 
but yeah, we were uh, we were the Joker movie theater. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Aurora Mall. And then I thought about Arvada. Yeah, Arvada is, is Arvada kind of... because there's a record store I go to when I go to Denver in Arvada. Okay. So I drive up there. Yeah. It's called Red and uh, Black something. It's books and records. Denver's an interesting town. Because... It's all right. It's a little drunky. There's always the possibility someone's going to fucking pass out. Like they're one of the first places to legalize the weed. So you do these shows. Yeah. You do these shows where you downtown Denver. It's like what the fuck is happening? It's yeah. Like, it's like Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> There's just people running into people, walls. People get fucked up fucked since 2014. Up. But you know what? Hmm. People don't realize this. People were getting that fucked up before 2014. But the altitude, too. It's it's tr- it's a training ground. I'll tell you, as an alcoholic yeah. from Colorado, yeah. I was built. Yeah. I was built. Because I moved down to sea level when I was 18. Yeah. Oh, you can't drink anybody? I was laying motherfuckers out. <laughs> it was just a different world. So wait, now you got uh, engaged yeah, I got engaged over it's about a year ago. It's weird. Like my experience is, I think we've met a couple times. Not so, much. I think we. You know what's funny? Do we have a problem? No, not at all. all, right, all right. Um, not we, you might not, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll you work might. it out. <laughs> yeah. So we've met at festivals, right? Um, a couple times through friends. Nate Bargetzi introduced me to you a couple times. Nate, just one of the best. He is one of the best. Um, and what you don't remember was. Mm. In 2008, 2009, yeah. we would talk all the time at the bar at Eastville Comedy Club on, on 4th Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And right after you got let go of Air America right. was right when I got fired at K-Rock. Oh, wow. So and we used to sit at the bar and talk shit about radio. Just pre- just almost like less than a handful of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I we sat there, and I was like a... I mean, I was a brand new, I was like new to the city, still doing mics. Oh, so what was that, old bitter guy? No, but I just had the radio thing. Yeah. I had the radio way to talk to you. Right. That was the way in. Right, so we could talk radio. Yeah, Yeah. and you got let go of Air America. Yeah. I had just, K-Rock had just flipped from rock to um, pop, so they let everybody go. So you were a real jock? I was, yeah, I did overnights and weekends. Really? Yeah, and I had been doing that since I was 19 in Tucson. In Tucson. Yeah, I went to Tucson. I went to the U of A. All right, let's back up. Let me just, like, before we go into the U of A, my brother went to the U of A. Okay. I know Tucson. Um, But the last time I saw you, though, I was like, I had a, like, it's memorable to me because I'd come to New York. I don't don't do as many sets at clubs as I used to because- Because you just get to this point where you really are, you're like, you're old enough that you're like, I don't do this anymore. Well, I mean, I don't, I like the place I used to, but it's not the same place I came up in. A lot of the guys are gone. Some are dead. So I hadn't been doing spots in New York much, and I came in from L.A., and I went over there, and, I mean, Esty said, you know, go over to the underground and do a spot, and you went on before me and just leveled the place. Oh. And uh, I didn't have my New York chops in, in, in order. <laughs> so, so I just remember you killing them, me standing in the back of the room going, nah, fuck. And then I go up there, and it was one of those sets, and it doesn't happen often when you've been doing it as long as I have, where you just feel that sweat on oh. the back of your neck. It's yeah. the worst, because your body is not reading yeah. that, like, I'm, I'm going down. Yeah. But you, that sweat on oh, the back of your neck. The flop sweat of yeah, just knowing. Yeah, yeah that's I've, not, I cannot, gonna, I'm not going to pull it off. Or it'll be in the back of your jaw where I, you'll start feeling it. Yeah, Like yeah. the little clenching. But you like, trained yourself not to show it yeah. unless you're going to snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you're going to acknowledge it. But, you know, the, I just couldn't. 
Yeah, it was a good feeling. What I remember from that- I didn't that, blame you for too long. From that, what I remember from that interaction is- <laughs> You do remember that? I, well, I remember, not. I don't remember me doing well. Yeah. I don't remember any of me doing positive. Right, right. What I remember is you coming downstairs, Yeah. and I was sitting talking to Liz, the manager, yeah. and I had my hands kind of under my chin on the stairs, mm. and I turned around and you went, and I went like- Oh, hey, like, because I just had my hands yeah. and I went, oh, and I thought I did such an LA thing at you where the prayer hands, when really I just had my hands together. I was like, oh, hey, hey, Mark, like that you were walking by and I was like, Mark Maron thinks I'm a dildo because I just did like the, hey, how are you? No, no, I just thought you were a dildo for killing so hard. <laughs> well, I'll and take it, that. I'll take that being a dildo and, any day. And, uh, and, and making it hard for me because yeah. I personalize everything. Yeah, but it, it, um, but back in 08, um, I remember, first off, I remember this story. You had an apartment in Astoria. Yeah. And um, I lived in Astoria for 17 years. Yeah. Uh, and Where? Uh, right on twenty on 31st Street and 28th Avenue. So oh, under, I lived at 37th and 30th Avenue. I, well, I, yeah. know, I know that because Louis Katz. Yeah. One of my closest friends. Is he? He just emailed me. Yeah. yeah I love him. He yeah, was, we're great. just in San Diego together. Yeah. He, <laughs> this is 07, 08. Okay, yeah. And he texts me. Hey, Marin's, I'm thinking about moving into Marin's apartment. Marin's moving to LA. Yeah. He's moving back to LA. I might take Marin's apartment. Why don't we meet up and get lunch? Yeah. I was like, absolutely, dude. I live yeah. in between the 30th Avenue stop and the Astoria Boulevard right, stop. Right, yeah. I walk over. Yeah. He gets off the train at 30th Avenue. And I remember this specifically. He goes, so where do you want to eat lunch? I go, there's a subway down over there. And he goes, you fucking white trash, dude. You live in one of the greatest neighborhoods for yeah. food. And it took me a while to discover all the stuff. Yeah. But now looking back, I'm like, I'm so embarrassed that I was like, Subway? Yeah, there's I so many. I recommended Subway when there's there's Taverna, there's like BZ Grill. There's like yeah. incredible food. Yeah. Well, you grew up in Colorado. What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, I was like, well, there's a Burger King. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Hiking distance. It's yeah. always Colorado terms. So I was, Hike up to the Burger King. Sure. I, uh, I, uh, well, so I'm watching, well, how far up did, did you guys have like those regional tr chains, like Blake's, uh, Whataburger, or is that New Mexico? I don't think uh, well, you got, yeah, Whataburger was New Mexico. Whata, Whataburger was a little, there was a round, yeah, but well, Blake's, Whataburger was definitely New Mexico. Okay. But I don't know what's up in Colorado. I don't know what's spread out that far. Piggly Wigglies? No, we, we didn't nope. get the Piggly Wigglies. Uh, I think those stopped at New Mexico. Circle K's? Circle K's we had. That's, yeah, they're around everywhere, I Yeah, guess. I used to hang outside of Circle K. Sure. When I was 13. Yeah. And ask guys to buy me cigarettes. Yeah, buy cigarettes, of course. With $3? Yeah. That's how much cigarettes Three were. bucks. When I was in high school, I remember them being at the Husky Station. Like, I swear to God, they were 55 cents a pack. Oh. Is that possible? My mom said In 1980? Yeah. My mom said, my mom said she quit smoking cigarettes when they got to $1.50. Right. And that was 1988. Right. So I was probably right. It yeah. was crazy. What'd you smoke? I smoked Camel Lights. And that's how you started? I started with Marlboro Reds because that's what my dad smoked. Marlboro Reds. And then I moved to Marlboro Lights because yeah. I didn't want to tell my friends, but yeah. it was hurting. Sure. It always hurts. We were 13. You, qu you quit though? Uh, I quit when I was 29. So you, I started smoking when I was 14. So you were 13. Yeah. Yeah. Or 12. I was 12 when I started. 12. It was well, seventh grade. Well, right. That, I was watching your special and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny to me that you're- you're now engaged because what was that? When did you record that? 2018? 2019. Yeah. 2019. When did you get engaged? 2022. See, like, I don't know, like, because I, here's what I couldn't get out of my head. It's like, because I've watched a lot of specials and I watch a guy, a lot of the times the guys come on, but you're pretty straightforward. You're, you're honest and, you know, uncomfortably honest in some places. And I'm familiar with that. I do yeah. that myself. <laughs> yeah. But I thought if you were to, 
just edit that special, it would be an interesting dating profile because it would just be like, I'm Dan from Aurora, Colorado. I had a single mom. My hobbies are getting high and showering. Yeah. Getting high and eating. Yeah. Getting high and listening to music. Yeah. Getting high and talking to myself and laughing. Yeah. Getting high and talking to myself and laughing in the shower. Yeah. I aggressively and passionately will eat ass and pussy. Yeah. And I'm a really good fuck. <laughs> and I want no emotional commitments. <laughs> Dude, a hundred, it's, it's almost crazy because you said if you were to do that like a time capsule. Yes. I, so much stuff has changed. Well, I mean, that was like, with, I know, that's what I'm thinking. With the craziest one. Yeah. The biggest reveal. You stopped eating ass. Well, <laughs> I haven't ate ass in quite some time because I've been in a loving relationship. Oh, that was just something you do to avoid intimacy? That, that, that's just something where you're like, look at me eating your yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 look yeah. Look at me eating your shit. But I, um, I can't smell. And I never. Anymore? Or I, now? In the joke, I've always had a very low, like a very weak sense of smell. Yeah. And because of cigarettes. Yeah. It's gone. And so when really? COVID, so when COVID dropped and everyone was like, "Oh, one of the symptoms where you can't smell," I was like, "I don't think I've been able to smell for a while." Huh? And, and my, I, sometimes my, it goes in and out. You really think you killed your nose? I mean, what's weird is uh, yeah. my fiance Katie had uh, nail polish remover. Yeah, she was like, "Look at yeah. this is like three weeks ago." Yeah, and I went, nothing. Really? And I went like that, and then I lifted my nose up like this. Yeah. And I got a whiff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I caught a little bit of it. Yeah. And she's like, man, we got to get you to a doctor. that can fix it. Fix whatever the fuck's going on. Well, did you, on. you get punched in the face? Yeah, when I was little. So it might be, you know. So, you, so that's a broken nose? I also hit it on a mailbox riding a bike one time. Break it? Yeah. My mom, like, my mom did the single mom thing where she was like, yeah, we don't have they, time to go to the hospital. So like let's the, just. The boxing thing? Yeah. She was like, we're just going to put it in the middle. <laughs> and I remember being like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because when you get injured. Yeah. You know, with a single mom. Sure. She's like, fuck, I got to leave work. I got to yeah. do something. Well, like how much of that stuff, like, because I'm finding that at, at my age, because I talked uh, sort of shamelessly about some of the same things you did in terms of the type of people you have sex with. Sure. You know, you know and, and like I've grown to realize that when you're that kind of person, you're just out there fucking. Yeah. That you're, it's actually uh, protecting you from intimacy. Yeah, it's and, and it took it took the pandemic. It took um, living with someone. I've never lived with a woman. Yeah, it sounded like you were you know you were pretty dead set on just. And she cracked me. What's yeah. funny is I really? at that taping of that special was our second date. <laughs> wow, our second date was she was at that special, and which was great when you're dating because you're like you want you want yeah you watch me on. watch me talk about all these other chicks I fucked. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was. I was like, so some of that stuff, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she right. she's so great. She understood, and and what was weird is living together in the pandemic, yeah. and, and understanding that I felt like my comedy was, uh, I liked the jokes, yeah. but I didn't think it was it was cracking through. And then I realized all stuff cracking is through yourself, you yeah, mean? yeah, yeah, like really getting to right, 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 my yeah. core, yeah, yeah, even yeah. the mantle, and. I realized, you know, I've been in therapy for, for 12 years. Have you? Yeah. But I, I realized, oh, I'm not letting anyone in. Right. And that includes not only my partners, but yeah. the audience. I'm and not really. You're putting on a show. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the I'm Irish, letting... the Irish charm offensive. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. I'm letting you in. I'm letting you in part way. <laughs> yeah. It's like my, my Swedish side is stubborn. My Irish side is like, hey, you can get, that's far enough. Yeah. That's far enough. Yeah, you got enough. You're in. Yeah, you know, I, I, I showed you the sadness. Yeah. So just know that there's sadness, okay? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's what's behind that door. Yeah. But to actually let someone in has been uh, very rewarding. Yeah. It's been very, like, 
Well, oh shit, because right. <clears throat> I deal with this now, like on stage, like you know how. But what do we? Because you're a guy, like I do what you do. I talk about myself, sure, and I talk about you know things that that are emotionally disturbing. All the all the shit. You know, that's the that's the world we're in. Long yeah. form personal comedy. I like that observation. Well, that's what we do, right? Yeah. So that's going to evolve as you evolve, yeah. right? But then you know, you start to wonder, and I don't know if you get this. I don't know how you write either. Is this sort of I talked about the other night. I did a, an alt show for the first time in forever. It was outside at a record store. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did some shit that I'm working on that's pretty serious. It's pretty heavy. But I, but from talking about Lynn's death, you know, I, I know how to get in there and work that shit out. But, like, I said something. I said, this this was a real alt set, man. Because back in the day, you'd do one of these sets and you go home and you go, like, why did I tell those people? <laughs> <laughs> you go, I let a lot loose, man. Yeah, man. Why did, well, I don't lot, know those fucking people. A lot of people got a lot of info on That's me right. right now. That's right. I gave out a dossier. Right. Yeah. It's An emotional scary. dossier. It, it is. Um, do, you, do you feel that? Yeah, you know, I've been doing this bit. I got hair surgery during the pandemic. What I does got, that mean? I got the back of my head chopped off and put on the top of my head. I Were got, you, you know, bald the one, up there? I was going bald. On the back or in the front? On the front. And, oh. this, and this doctor was like, oh, we cure that now. Really? This doctor was like, oh, this this is Easy. literally the way he sold me. I'm such a mark, yeah. and you'll learn that about me. Really? I'm a true mark. I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. I can be bought in. You're lucky. You don't I, strike me as a mark, but maybe I, maybe I can. You're lucky I wasn't climbing the walls of the Capitol on yeah. January sixth. Yeah, That's how big of a mark I am. <laughs> but you, that means, but because you know it as as I do too, you have to be hyper vigilant yes. about what you let in. Exactly. You, you, before you open your mouth and say like this, kind of makes sense. You're yeah. Like, Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I got in that moment. This yeah. guy, this doctor's like one surgery. Yeah. We could do it here, and you won't ever go bald. Right. And it was like I. I rushed to do it. Yeah. Because I'm also an addict. Yeah, sure. So you know that right. like that feeling of like, oh, make it all better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this will make it all better, make it all yeah, better. Tomorrow. Pour me a drink. That yeah. makes it better. Yeah. That makes it all better. Yeah, yeah. And so this guy did it and I, I did it. I, I got the surgery and then I regretted it. Really? I got it. It looks good like, though. It's it looked it's great. How long ago was that? I've been saying on stage uh, about a year ago. Oh really? So it's till then yeah. I don't even see where where it happened. It was it was coming in, but I on yeah. stage I call it my hair tits. <laughs> that I got hair tits done. <laughs> yeah. Because, but what happened was is I got it done and then I hit this moment of like what did I do? Right. I should have just gone bald. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck am I? Should have just go bald you? Yeah. And then it's this, you know, that mean part of your brain that's like, you pussy. Yeah, yeah. Shit, why did you yeah, cop Suck out? it up. Yeah. Yeah. And then you I said- vain girl. And I, exactly. And I turned to Katie and I'm like, I, I think I regret this or whatever. And she goes, well, lucky for you, you can always write bits about it. Right. And you can go on stage and talk about it. Right. And somehow- in a way of opening up to that level of insecurity, that felt like intimacy to be like, hey guys, I was really insecure about the size of my head and how yeah, I was yeah. going bald. Yeah. But you don't, you think, you know, talking about my dead you got dad. head size problems? Oh my God, I wear a size eight fitted hat. I, I wear an eight and three quarters. Dad, I, I, you're the first person I've ever met over an eight. No, dude, and I'm shorter than you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I see pictures yeah, of me, I'm like, battering a, I'm like a fucking bobblehead. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt but my the only, life. The only thing I, all, the only I ever th say to myself was, oh, most movie stars are short that, with dude, big heads. Every big head guy tells himself that. I know, but like every I watch myself head. on camera and I'm like, I still look like a guy with a big head. Yeah, every, it's not working. Every big head guy goes, you know, uh, that <laughs> movie means stars. it's be a movie star. <laughs> what about your dad? But when I was on stage, you know, the first step of that was yeah. talking about my dad yeah. dying. Right. Like you said, when you're talking about Lynn, there's a thing that we have a certain skill set where once you know how to do that, 
it's like a mechanic. You're like, I know how to, I know how to fix that. I know how to do that. Well, yeah, you're, you're kind of making it better for yourself in a way. Exactly. But, don't, but it was interesting the way you framed that, though, because you sort of defended him, and I, I can't imagine that's the reality of it. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, like fact, my dad left. He was a drunk, and then he said he died partying. Yeah, you know, because like, it uh, was it was an easier way of it was a funny way of being like, oh, he abandoned me and didn't care. Right, but you, but in the end, you did the the codependent thing, and you're like, yeah. you're just having a great time. Yeah, I really out on the beach. I for, I forgave my parents for every misstep, and never allowed myself to feel the anger and actually process. So is that really forgiving, or is that just sort of shutting it down? It's shutting it down. So okay, so you're growing up. Your dad left when? Uh, my parents broke up when I was five. My dad, and you had a relationship with the guy though. Yeah, we were real close. When oh, okay. I was when I was under the age of five, so my mom worked at Aetna. I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and my my oh, mom. Man. Lucky you got out of there. I know, right? There's nothing going on there. Yeah, I know. can I? I drive through there and I go. What is happening? At least my parents fucked here. Yeah, um, <laughs> I came from here. Yeah, at least this is where they put this <laughs> yeah. fucking soul in a little egg piece of meat. Yeah, um, but my parents moved my mom got transferred from yeah. etna to denver okay and when she got transferred that's when they broke up because she found out he had been stealing from their mutual account uh-huh to so do what that, uh to pay off a guy my dad um <laughs> this is a good story to pay off a guy yeah my dad my dad was a bartender in, in connecticut yeah and a lot of the wall street guys would come in All right this is the 80s. So he's a mark too? He was a mark. Oh yeah, what happened? This, this guy was like, oh yeah, you just take this money, you put it in the Wall, you put it in, in the wall Street, and yeah. then it comes back out. Yeah. My dad had zero business fucking with Wall Street. Right. So he, he took a loan from a guy. Yeah, a I think guy. for like 15K. Yeah, what was the VIG? Exactly. Yeah. And he lost it. Yeah. And instead of telling my mom that he fucked up, yeah. he just took the money out of their mutual account. And this is before the internet. Uh huh. Just signed the check. Was it was it one of the boys who he took the loan from? Like, was it a, a mob thing? I think it was, no, no, no. It was not a connected man. Mm. I think it was a guy that worked at a firm in New York that was a regular off the train. Yeah, would come and get drunk. Sure. And my dad was very personable. Yeah, he was a great bartender. Right. And uh, he, well, that's he, why you're a comic. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch my dad. So what? I mean. <laughs> So, story, when, so he stole. Okay, so he yeah. stole my, he didn't tell my mom. Mm. And then my mom moved to Colorado and, mm. and kind of figured it out when the bank called and was yeah. like, hey, you're, uh, you've been past drawn and, and we're going to have to shut this down. Yeah. And then my mom had to file for bankruptcy and she kicked oh him out. Oh my God, that was it. And it was it. And then he moved back. He's from the Bay Area. So yeah. he oh. moved to the Bay Area. Yeah. And, uh, but we were real close up until then, like one to five, since my mom worked during the day. Yeah. He'd my, sit you up on the bar. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. So when he, when my parents broke up, he moved to San Francisco. And then when I was about 10, he moved with my grandmother to this place called Lake County, uh -huh. Northern, Northern California. Yeah. He would bartend at a bowling alley. Oh, nice. And I would just sit behind the bar on a milk crate. Yeah. Reading comic books. At 11 or so or 10? I was like nine and yeah, 10. Yeah. Eight, nine and 10. Uh-huh. And you have siblings? I had a sister who's actually, whose birthday it is today. Oh. And she passed away when I was 16. Oh. She got killed in a car accident when I was 16. She was my half-sister. In Aurora? No, and she actually died in Los Angeles on Interstate 10. She was from uh, Fontana and Riverside. She's your half-sister? Yeah. How? My dad had her when he was 
20 in the oh. Navy. And you had, but you were closer. 22. Yeah, my mom made sure of that. Because oh. he abandoned that family. Then he abandoned our family. Yeah. So my mom reached out to his ex-wife and was like, hey, these kids should know each other since they got a common thing going on. <laughs> and my sister was 12 years older. And oh. she uh, she was great, man. She, you know, in a lot of ways, I think my my sister saved my life by being the one person I could trust and one person that uh, saw me for me. and Yeah, like when did you realize that? When I was about, uh, I mean, after she passed away, definitely, but when she was still alive, yeah. she would just kind of pull me aside and be like, these people are fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Your mom and her boyfriend are nuts. Yeah. Fuck the, our dad's whole family. Yeah. Fuck that whole family. <laughs> yeah. She's like, but you're, you're a good kid. Oh. And like, do what you love. Yeah. She got me into music. I used to listen to I used to listen to music and I would only listen to the hits. I remember that. Sure, because you grew up in it. Yeah, so everywhere the hits, whatever year you grew up in, it's like those are the ones that are in there. Yeah, and I remember I got into I finally got into Jimi Hendrix. Sure, I was, I was like because of her eleven oh, or twelve. Sure, and I uh, it was probably because of a movie uh, all along the Watchtower, and yeah. then I got the best of Jimi Hendrix or whatever. Yeah, and she was like, I was like, no, I love Jimi. She's like, name a song that isn't Purple Haze or all along the Watchtower, and I was like, hey Joe, yeah. and I was like so proud of that. Yeah. She was like, no, nah, dude, yeah. like listen to the albums ah. and she was the first person that sat me down she's like if you like an artist yeah listen to their full album sure and you'll find songs that no one else likes that you that mean more to you yeah and i that lesson changed the way that i take in stuff yeah yeah because right. you're like oh well there's a whole product i'm a massive queens of the stone age fan Oh, yeah. Favorite band. Oh, sure. You had Josh Homme on. I know. I did. I listened to that interview on a bus to a gig in Boston, and yeah. it was one of my favorite interviews. Oh, good. Because you asked him a question specifically that I remember. You were talking about, you said, you don't sing lead on some of your songs. I think you were specifically speaking about uh, Mark Lanigan from The Screaming Trees, yeah, yeah. who sang my favorite Queens of the Stone Age song, In the Fade, yeah. which is what closes out my HBO special. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but Josh Homme answered. He said, yeah, I just... I want to make something great. I don't care how small of a part of it I am. And that, to me, I was on a bus, <laughs> going to a gig, <laughs> yeah. listening on my phone, yeah. and I remember being like, that's the way to create. Yeah. The way to create is like... Selfless collaboration. But to remove the ego. Right. Are you, is what you're making, is the goal to make something that yeah. you're proud of, yeah. that you've put yourself into, no matter how yeah. large of a role you have in yeah. it. Yeah. And I loved it, but... My sister was the one that got me to listen to music in a way where I got into Soundgarden deeper than a lot of people sure. yeah. because I would just fall in love with certain songs. Yeah. And so that was that, always- Those old Soundgarden, like uh, the sound, the old Soundgarden, like Loud Love. Oh my God. Or the, what's that one, Gun? I mean, my favorite, my favorite song is from Super Unknown, one of their oh, most famous yeah. albums. Yeah. But 4th of July, no one talks about. No, yeah. And it's a song that I come on, I, was, I played it- I played that for Louie on the drive up, and he was like, yeah, I don't really fuck with Soundgarden. He's like, but this song is unbelievable. How can you not fuck with Soundgarden? I know, I mean, they're unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i in like a deep vinyl hole right yeah. now. I mean, I've got thousands of... I sat down last night, and I just listened to like all of the Velvet Underground Loaded. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. That kind of shit. And, I, and when, she, when she did that to me with music, that unlocked me doing that with comedy, which is what I've always been obsessed with, which was stand-up comedy. Yeah. Like, so I started listening to like, random ass albums yeah getting into like comedy scenes where i wasn't living anywhere like near. what like new york yeah. i got specifically colin quinn and kind of 
all the all yeah. the branches of that tree. The branches tough of crowd. the tough crowd, like the yeah, and I Geraldo, got Patrice, yes, Bill Burr, Burr. It was all those guys, Bobby Kelly, Bobby, Keith Robinson, <laughs> yeah. all these How's guys. Bobby doing? He's doing great. Good. I love him, dude. I, I love him. He's too. like an older brother to me. Yeah, I, you know, I just uh, he's an honest fucker. Dude, he'll call me and he'll be like, "Dude," and you just know you're getting a real conversation <laughs> with Bobby. But it be it that kind of love for stand up, I think, is what got me into, especially like, I got I, I got into all these old specials. I was yeah. just watching shit from the '90s. Yeah, all the young comics of comedy. It's wild, and, right? It's interesting how that stuff. A lot of it doesn't hold up. Yeah, but you can see who the guys were. When there's one. Kids. There's one from 1994 yeah. or five. Young Comedians of Comedy yeah. taped at Aspen. Yeah. Oh, God. And it's Chappelle. I know. Yeah. And then the guy. Louie. Yeah. And Attell. Yeah. And then what's his name? The Canadian with the cigar who tanked. Fucking. Yes. I think I he's, know. I think he's dead. Oh, no, he was the other guy. Yeah. He, 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 I was there. I was there yeah. uh, that year and I watched that show. What the fuck was his name? I don't know. He, he went up there with such confidence. Because the other guys didn't. Louie, Attell, they and killed. Chappelle. Yeah. They but killed. they weren't. No, they were young. and They, they were, were young, and that's what's funny is yeah. you see when you watch those sets. Oh, see, it's sad. I can't remember that guy's name, that poor guy. The glimmer of, you see like, oh, that's going to be a tell. A tell does like a move. A tell by that time was pretty a tell. But he wasn't, he wasn't a telling. Yeah. He wasn't double hands on the mic. Well, he wasn't pointing. broken totally. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he hit like his yeah. pace. Yeah. And then there was a moment where Louis does a joke that's a very... Like Louis from 08 joke. Where so like, it, was, it was more absurdism than, yes. than biographical. And Chappelle was doing like, yeah, he, the, his, he didn't have the same delivery. Well, he was a kid. Yeah. I mean, did he do the hat thing? Like he, yeah, it was much different. I think yeah, he did the Batman joke. Where yeah, he's like, yeah. Batman never comes to a Blake neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's fun. You like see kind of how he works. It's, everything's a little lighter. Yes. They're, they're, yeah. Like, and you saw that. And then like, you know, I grew up in a, in a great time where Comedy Central yeah. cared about stand up. Yeah. So they were putting on, sure. come home from school, yeah. watch Premium Blend. Yeah. Or they'd run old uh, uh, A-lists from Bravo. They would, like, I just throw... talked to Richard Lewis about my A-list. Yeah, that was the Yesterday. one that was, you know, one of the my favorite pictures of my dad. Yeah. Uh, he's on vacation. It's just like a very nice, pleasant picture of him. Yeah. Because it got real dark. Yeah. But he is, uh, he's sitting there with his legs crossed and he's got an MTV half hour comedy hour shirt on. Yeah. And I was like, I remember watching those i remember doing those i mean that's what i mean it's crazy it's well that was a whole different time because i came up in that time and there was just this huge basic cable explosion yeah where they just needed people yeah i mean it's, it, people can do their own thing now and it seems like anybody can get on the thing sure but back then to get on tv it meant something there was no internet there was no youtube so yeah. you were always taping these fucking things and every one of those basic cable networks had a thing at least once a year yeah a new comedy showcase it was kind of crazy and I loved it. You yeah. just like, I would turn it on and I'd be like, okay, they're doing comedy outside at the beach in Miami. Yeah. I'll watch this. Try to avoid that one. That was John Stewart hosted that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was John Stewart. Yeah, yeah. And it was like- Spring uh, break. But it, it was my like, um, I'm sure the way musicians get into to music and then start getting That's more- Hyper-focused on certain uh -huh. stuff. Uh-huh. That was- Because when, yeah, when I was coming up, you had to go to the specials that were available on from HBO. Yeah. There wasn't, you know, or my peers, you know, I knew, I came up with that generation you know me todd barry atel yeah ck 
Nick DiPaolo. Patton Oswalt. No, he was later. Really? Yeah, the, I was with the New York crew. Oh, yeah. So it was like, it was Jeff Ross, Silverman, <sighs> uh, Rogel. I mean, these guys. Kevin Brennan. Yes. Yeah. I, well, when he was before, before he broke. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember even like, being at the cellar one time, Sarah Silverman sat down and she was like, where do you live? And yeah. I was like, Astoria. And she immediately went, oh, I lost my virginity to Kevin Brennan in Astoria. <laughs> and you're like, it was such a Sarah Silverman moment sure. that I was sitting there like, this is surreal. Yeah. And as a comedy fan. You should have asked her about the who followed Kevin. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's a fairly long line of comics, <laughs> not including me. Yeah. I was I was the odd man out on that one. But Kevin and I, yeah, we started together. He was, he was intense. He's always been intense. Always very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. And then like, that was the group. Your guys' group in yeah. New York. Yeah. That solidified- like, oh, I want to go there. Yeah, that was the first real, you know, crew that were sort of identifiable because of those shows you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and they would talk shit to each other. Yeah. Whenever I would hear them on stuff, they yeah. would bust balls the way as me and my friends did. So yeah. I was like, I kind of like this. Yeah. And I liked it. I That's liked how... everything about the New York comedy scene. What I could see in Insomniac, yeah. what I could see in Tough Crowd, sure. what I could see on the comedian documentary that Seinfeld did. <laughs> oh, man. With Orny Adams. That, that, that documentary was like... Oh man, it it was my favorite thing to watch. Yeah, when I would get home. Yeah, if I was bored, yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna put on comedian. Yeah, I liked how they put all the all the different music that was in it. But sure. specifically, what I loved was Colin Quinn. Sure, Colin. He was the guy that I gravitated to in that whole documentary. Well, you guys are similar. You just see like smart Irish guys. <laughs> yeah, but it was it charming was... smart Irish guys that talk a lot. Yeah, just <laughs> motor mouth. Yeah, but it was fun watching that and then being like. Um, like through that being like, okay, I think I want to go east because I started in Tucson. Yeah, well, that's right. So, what, so your dad is a full on drunk. Yeah, and that and that's what killed him. Yeah, he um he got hepatitis C. Oh fuck! From fucking around in this lake town. Yeah, and then it, he drank so hard and didn't go to the doctor. Oh, they can cure that now. It's too bad, dude. Yeah, I told Louis this story. Louis Katz or yeah. CK? Louis Katz. Yeah, we were driving and I told him the story about my grandmother. Yeah, and he was like. How are you not doing that as a bit? And I was like, it's which too bit? dark. Which one? So my my dad got hepatitis C, which turned into cirrhosis, and then he died. You were in high school? Yeah, I was fourteen. Yeah, I was a freshman in high school. Where did he die? He died in uh he died in the VA in San Francisco. Okay, but he um, what was he a VA of? Vietnam. Did he Vietnam? Was he there? No, he was in the Navy. He okay, cooked okay. In the Navy. <laughs> okay, he got drunk on the on the roof on the boat while they fired missiles at the fucking okay at the Da Nang River. Yeah, <laughs> he like didn't even. Didn't he was get like, off yeah, the I boat? did. Viet He's like, I fought in Vietnam, but he'd always do the hand jerk. You sure, know, like, sure. I fought in Vietnam. Yeah, where was he from? San Francisco, Oakland. Yeah, okay. He grew up in Oakland. All right, so your Bay grandma. So. Uh, my dad gets hepatitis C, it turns to cirrhosis. My aunt, Karen, was a registered nurse. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to come help my brother. Yeah. She's taking care of him. He's throwing up blood. Yeah. And it gets into her eyes. Yeah. She didn't realize it. Some of it splashed and she got hepatitis C. Oh my God. And it turned into liver cancer. Come on. And she died. What the fuck? 10 years later after my dad That's died. That's an interesting, it's a family disease. It is. It's a, It's but, what the soders do. But but how do you get it that way? Yeah. She died of your fucking dad's alcoholism. Uh, yeah. Uh, or, my, or bad behavior, whatever. It was. She basically well, was in the blast radius. Yeah, you shouldn't, I shouldn't judge the behavior, but whatever. He, he was fun as hell. But yeah. he, um, 
But the joke I was telling Louie that it never worked was I play cards with my grandmother every mm. time I visit her, and she's 96 now. But about fucking three years ago, we're playing gin rummy in the room, and the TV's in the yeah. other room, and the volume's on 100. Yeah. Because she's old. Yeah. And the commercial's like, hepatitis C is curable. Yeah. Go get your hepatitis C cure. And I'm like, I'm gonna go turn down the TV. Both of her kids got taken out by this thing yeah. that they're like, not even a threat anymore. Yeah, yeah, and my grandmother's yeah. like, huh? Uh, and you're like, don't worry about it, Nana. Yeah. No, Hep C is still very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Very, very dangerous. Yeah. But Louis's like, you gotta talk about it on stage. I'm like, it's just so dark. I don't know how to get you to it. You just gotta get a strong tag. You'll figure it out. Yeah, but her being like, huh? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. no, they said it's still yeah, not terrible, curable. Terrible. Yeah. Is she the Irish one? No, my mom's side's the Irish one. Oh, okay. Surprisingly, the Swedish side yeah. are the ones that all died from drinking. I think they're pretty big drinkers. Yeah, they're they're low key. Yeah, yeah. No one really quiet drinkers. You know that Giannis Papas was telling me that, and I looked it up. The, yeah, the government controls their liquor stores. Oh, really? The government's like, it's like, like, a, it's like a New Hampshire, an entire country of New Hampshire. Yeah, they're like shut it down. You guys have had too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when they do, they're just like they keep going. Let's just keep so going. It's not even a taxing or it's just a controlled thing. <laughs> yeah, they're like you guys go into they, they need people to be more alert at work in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was I was fascinated by that. I was like the Irish side's all alive. Everyone, so when you're a kid though, like you're, you're 14, he dies. So and you're leaning on professional wrestling, wrestling and comedy, yeah, and football in the San Francisco 49ers. Wrestling, because my, you know, my producer, you know, they do a weekly wrestling show on the bonus material. Oh, I love it. He tried to get me into it, and I had Chris Jericho on it, and all, all the AEW guys. AEW rules. But you got to grow up with it, because I can't backload it. Yes. And I'm a 59-year-old Jew who likes music and whatnot. I can't, I'm not going to be like, I got to get to the wrestling match. I'm going to tell you right now, the way you're built, you yeah. can't, you'll never be able to take in wrestling. Really? You will, you are... You know how they say learn a language your yeah, first right. five years? Right, yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you can't learn another language. That's right, You exactly. can't learn wrestling. But, I, you know, we went and I talked to the guys because Brendan's so important and to me. And you glow. He's you a know, bright guy. It. Yeah, I was around it, but thank God that character didn't give a shit about wrestling. Yeah. But, like, I get it now. I, yeah. I, I'm not, I won't be condescending about the, mm. about the nature of it. I've learned, you know, 40 years old, from 40 years of loving wrestling, I've learned how that like i don't resent people that mock it i don't resent people that are like you know it's not real or they're like you're like i love my fake gay fighting yeah let me have it sure i love the thought of a dead man fighting you know, yeah. the son of a plumber yeah you know yeah. for a piece of metal for a hunk of metal yeah. to wear around their waist yeah. i love this shit yeah. because it turns my brain off yeah. and i also know the out you know what it is the, you know outcome the stories. Is, the outcome is is determined. Yeah. So I know no matter what. Yeah. It's been settled. Right. It's like this. <laughs> it's open ended. It's like this Buddhist thought where you're like, it has already been written. Yes. <laughs> One hand writes the other. It is. But as you get, but if you spend your whole life in it, you know the different scripts. You know the guys that yeah. turn. You know the heel turn. You know all that stuff. Love it. But uh, oddly, though, culturally, it's very informative. You know, in professional wrestling. If you spend your life watching it and loving it, you can really understand politics at this point in time it's a the entire right wing is a fucking bunch of heels it's the joke that i said in the hbo yeah. special where i said donald trump rick flared his way into the totally. white house he's one of the greatest heels that ever lived he was great when he participated with the wwe 
Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> unfortunately, the world hangs in the balance. I but know. One of the great heel turns. Dude, my, but he was always a heel. He never, there was no turn. Katie and I were talking about, for some reason, we were talking about wrestling and politics mm. and all that mixture or whatever. And she goes, Oh, yeah, politics is wrestling, but it's the it's wrestling where the fans get really hurt by what the wrestlers do. Sure. And I was like, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. I was like, That's fucking insane. And it's true. Yeah. And, you know, we and, had. And they don't, and they don't know that they are because they believe it. Yeah. And Obama was kind Kind of like a, a Hulk Hogan heel where everyone was, or I mean, a uh, baby face. Yeah. Where everyone was like, we got a baby face and he says all the right things. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why everyone got stoked. And then you had kind of like a, a stone cold feel for the right yeah. when Donald Trump showed yeah. up where they're like, he doesn't like the, he doesn't yeah. like the, the regular career politicians. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying what he wants. Yeah. He's attacking. Yeah. They really like. But unfortunately, the fans don't know it's fake. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's the difference between wrestling and politics. That's why whenever I have a friend that's super into politics, I go, we're the same side. Of, we're different sides of the same coin. Yeah. You believe in politics the way I believe in wrestling. Right. I'm lucky that I'm politically, I'm, I'm apolitical because I'm like, it's the left and right arm of the same monster. Mm. It's all going to the same rich people. But you're a decent guy. I mean, really, it comes down to tolerance and thinking that everybody should be okay. Yes. That's that's like if that's my philosophy of like sure yeah, I don't know why don't, yeah. we, why don't we help out each other a little yeah, bit yeah right seems a little so you, you how do you get to Tucson you go to school there yeah so uh, I graduated high school in Aurora you know shout out Smoky Hill High School and I uh, when your dad died though did it shatter your life it made me mad it made me real mad in a way of like um, fuck man I thought we were gonna repair that yeah because one to five was so good and then five to 14 but did you are you an alcoholic yeah oh and yeah are you started getting fucked up 14 15 are you sober i haven't drank in 10 years i smoke weed still yeah yeah but not honestly my weed intake since 38 yeah Lesser. I'm like, what am i doing yeah. <laughs> like what am i i'm forgetting yeah. so yeah. much stuff and i'm apparently scared. you're enjoying your day you're forgetting stuff and you're scared yeah, yeah i'm like Ugh. and and how about the self-consciousness oh my didn't god you, didn't you get like hyper like a guy like you i mean like like when i'd smoke weed during the day any interaction was like oh my god i'm, I'm they're looking right through me i can't i would do i would do you know i did eight years of a radio show with big j and we'd get high and i'd be like what the fuck did i i'd go home and i'd be like what did i say yeah, what oh the fuck god. did i say but it it you know my dad dies at 14 and i'm kind of like um i'm angry my yeah. mom my mom the guy that's living with us my mom's boyfriend was my godfather he was a real shithead. Oh, really? He was my dad's ex-best friend. And oh, they were, really? Yeah, they were very okay with, um, you know, my mom's since apologized. And yeah. we, my mom and I have had some 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 real heart-to-hearts that have made our relationship much, much better than it was. Yeah. But when I was 14, I kind of just fucking hated everybody. Yeah. I was like, well, if my dad, except my sister. Yeah. Were you fighting? Uh, I, I wouldn't get in fights as much as I would just kind of like, uh, shut down and, and go be on my own, go upstairs and, or it started getting fucked up. I really liked getting fucked up. Well, it's weird about growing up in a, in a small kind of Southwestern town where, you know, cause I don't know, we got our driver's licenses at 15 in New That's Mexico. We, wait, how old were 16. you? 16. We were oh. 16, but. But we would just go down to the shopping mall yeah. late at night yeah. and put shopping carts in front of the car yeah. and get them going like 40, 50 miles an hour that's and just let them run into shit. Fun as hell. The, that's what you do, man. Yeah. And then I started getting into weed, smoking weed yeah. at 14, yeah. 15. No sports? And I played football. Yeah. So I'd clean up, but I wasn't good. Yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah. But it wasn't a thing I was, 
I needed that fatherly like attaboy. Yeah, I didn't right. have. See, that's the fucking thing, right? That's part of the comic thing too. Is like you're looking for this approval, like it. Yeah, my dad was just a bipolar, uh, narcissistic fuck. Yeah. And like, I get along fine with him now because he has dementia. He's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> fucking flip. But it's weird that when there's an emotional absence there, you know, the, the sort of need for approval is fucked up. It's, dude, it, I had a. Anybody with a strong personality, you're like, I'm going to be part of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, how, how do you say that? You said, you're like, I, it's like one of those movies where you're mimicking how their mouths yeah, say yeah, it. Right, where you're yeah. like, yeah, like when an alien comes to the Earth and learns how to talk, and they go, right. exactly. "You are saying, yeah, that's how what it was like." And I was having my mom, you know, and no disrespect to her, but she, she was having a social life, yeah, while I was spinning, yeah. I didn't know who the fuck I was, and I'm having these different dudes come in, <laughs> and I didn't want. I was on a podcast one time, and someone was like, "Did you ever try to fuck with them? Yeah, or like scare them away?" Yeah. And I was like. Hell no. Yeah. I wanted a male role model so bad. Right, right. They were coming in. I was like, hello, sir. Yeah. I look forward to you being my father yeah, one day. Yeah. And then you're wearing the same hat as them. And yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm chewing tobacco because they chew tobacco. <laughs> but it became a, a thing of when I was 14, I was like, well, I like getting fucked up. And it turns out I'm real good at it. Yeah. I could hold my shit. Yeah. And I could get fucked up and I wasn't a problem. Yeah. It was actually like silly. So it, made you, it took away the anger? Took away the anger, took yeah. away everything, and then it became like, oh, I'm going to smoke weed all the time. Yeah. And I had a problem with like, oh, I don't want to drink because that's what my dad did. Yeah. But then I started drinking at 15 and I was like, yeah. oh, I can drink. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I forgot. I, I am the- I just decided I want to be like my oh, dad. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm It's like finding out your- it's, it's, It was always this- <laughs> It was always this thing. When you have a dad that leaves in your mind, somewhere in your mind, yeah. you go one of two things. He's either got another family, yeah. which that really hurts. Yeah. Getting cucked. Yeah. Just being like, oh, you're raising another boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not yeah. me. Who's that kid? So you're worried about that. Yeah. Or the the positive one is you're like, what if my dad's an assassin? What if my dad is <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. gone because he has to go do all this? Like, right, sure. So in your head, you're like, well, he's going to come back and be like, you know how to you were born to a long family of assassins. You're looking for a cool thing. Sure. No, nope, just an alcoholic. Yeah, right. So you start drinking. And you Not go so like, heroic. Yeah. And then you start drinking and you go, oh, this is what we do. This is what our family does. <laughs> this is our superpower. I'm very good at this. <laughs> so I just, in high school, became the guy that was funny, got fucked up, didn't really bother anybody because that's kind of just what I wanted. Yeah. In high school, I was right. just kind of like, hey, come over to my house. When my sister died when I was 16. Did that level you? That destroyed me. No. That destroyed me. That destroyed me. That made me, in a weird way, kind of uh, shut down for a, a little bit. But then it made me realize, it made me believe in God, huh. which is uh, weird because you yeah. think it wouldn't. Yeah. You think it would do the opposite. Wait, wait, how, how, how did that manifest? Well, when my dad died, I stopped believing in God. When my dad died, I was like, oh, well, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, we were supposed to have the movie moment right. where he realizes, yeah. oh, I shouldn't drink. Yeah. I got a good kid. Yeah. And then he comes back and I'm like, I'm mad at you, but I love you. And yeah. then we're okay. Yeah. And then roll credits. Yeah. But he died. And I was like, well, there goes that. Yeah. And then my sister, uh, she would visit. She'd come and visit. Yeah. You know, she was a grown up. Right. She, she was 26 at this point when I was, or I was, when I was 14, she was 26. Yeah. And she helped me get through the death, through the funeral. Yeah. And then she visited to go to Lilith Fair, and uh, we were hanging out. Yeah. 
we were hanging out in uh, the guest room. She was packing before she left. Yeah. And I was like, do you remember, do you remember a couple of years ago? I was like, I don't think dad's going to make it to my high school graduation. She was like, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. She was like, that's so crazy you said that. And then he died two years later. She's like, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to be there at your high school graduation. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that. And like, we were just talking and, you know, and then she gave me this long speech about people die. It's a part of life. People come into your life and they affect it. And then they, then they're gone. Uh. She's like, I've lost friends. I've lost, I lost dad. You know, she's like, I've lost a lot of people. She's like, but that doesn't take away from the love that you felt from them when they were here. That doesn't, one doesn't affect the other. Just because they die doesn't mean that they weren't here loving you. And that right. wasn't a real love. So we had this like very long conversation. Huh. And then I had to go to school the next day and I had football practice after. And so I get home from football practice and my sister's gone. My, my mom had taken her to the airport. And there was this letter on my bed that was like, hey, fuck all the bullshit about what dad did to you and like what that family does to you. You're a good kid yeah. and you're turning out to be a good man yeah. and I'm very proud of you uh. and you're very funny and you're very like, uh, you have a big heart. And she was like, don't stop doing that. And there was just this moment where I was like, man, that really meant a lot to me. And then uh, three weeks later, she was killed in a car accident. And it just, there was this moment of like, oh, I got that. I got that like goodbye. Yeah. I got that like, right. that, that real like, hey, I love you. Yeah. You're going to be okay. I'll see you later. And it was like, I don't believe in religion because I think it's all business. But I believe in a, a creator. To had to give me that moment because if I didn't have that moment, I would have, I'd be dead. I'd yeah. be fucking dead. I would have been so angry. I would have been so mad. I would have just, I would have burned myself up. Yeah. So in a sense that the, the, the kind of talk you had and then the letter, yeah, there was like real closure somehow. Yeah. I got closure. It was like handing a receipt before you buy something. Right. You're like, what's this receipt? You're like, I don't need that. And then you're like, oh, sh oh, fuck. So you're actually able to kind of grieve in a real way and I, yeah. have and have closure, which yeah. is, was the problem I had with my father's death. Was yeah. I didn't get closure. Right. I didn't get to be like, dude, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah. I loved you. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah, yeah. I And so I was so mad about that. And then with Michelle's death, it just was like, all right. Like, fuck, it hurts. Yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a walk off this pain. Yeah. But- I had something that could, that I could point to and be like, I got to say goodbye. Yeah. She said goodbye to me. Yeah. Even if it wasn't really me saying goodbye to her, she got to say like, I love you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. This love that I gave you, it's, it's good. And it stays. It's, uh, yeah, it stays. It, stays. Yeah. it doesn't go anywhere. And it, it, that kind of, that pain motivated me. Yeah. Because I was like, well, if my sister's going to die, if my dad's going to die, and then right. my aunt Karen, who I was close to dies. If all these people around me are dying, why am I here? Well, it must be for a reason. Yeah. So I might as well make this life what I want it to be. Right. What do I love? I love music. I love comedy. So go fucking do all that shit. Yeah. And I and I, I moved to Tucson. I went to U of A. I got in there because my mom asked me one thing. She said, listen, I know you're not. Once Michelle died, my mom was like, what am I going to fucking tell you? You're a, you're a man. God is, you know, whatever you want to say, the, the world has has calloused you so i was smoking cigarettes i could smoke weed in the garage not in the house could not drive if i smoked weed but my mom had a very like 
we became roommates. Right. Where she was like, hey, I got you, you got me. Yeah. But there was a respect. It just changed. My mom's energy towards me completely changed of like- She understood the loss you went through. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, and and she respected me for it. Right. There was this weird like, all right, you're still, you, I wasn't, I, I didn't go crazy. Yeah. I, I, I was still respectful to her and, and stuff, but she was like, I respect what you've been through. And she asked me, she said, listen- just get a college degree. Yeah. That's all I want. And also she didn't want you to get hard. Yeah. Or or, or fuck your whole life Exactly. Up. Yeah. And that's why she was like, go to college. Yeah. You'll have experiences. Because I kind of already knew I wanted to do stand-up. Mm -hmm. And she was like, go, just please for me, a single mom, get that college degree. Because yeah. in her generation, the boomer generation, right. that was like, oh, you did a good job. Sure. Your kids have college degrees. Right. You did it. Yeah. So I went to U of A. Yeah. I, I didn't want to go in Colorado. Yeah. I wanted to go to a place where I was a little uncomfortable. Sure. And I was like, Arizona, it's warm. It's a good city though. Tucson, really knew nothing about it. Hated it. Oh, really? <laughs> Hated it. Why, too dry, too, too desert? Too, uh, too frat and sorority. Party too, school. Too rich kid. Yeah. I moved there and it was like, I had like enough for cigarettes yeah and then that was it yeah and shit weed yeah and like an 18 pack of ice house right and i would just like drink whatever <laughs> yeah, i could yeah, yeah i'd get whatever i could and um i didn't like it and i was like talking to my mom and i was like i think i'm gonna transfer i think i'm gonna transfer back to colorado yeah colorado state yeah. or maybe and my mom was like huh i just it doesn't seem like you to quit something like this uh -huh. and i was like huh you know, and then you're like, hey, you want to fucking challenge me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went and I was working at the college radio station, KAMP. Yeah. And I had like, and, and I kind of found like, you know that first glimmer when you start doing stand-up or you start doing something where you go like, oh, I like this. Yeah, I can do this. And yeah. I, could, I could maybe do this. Yeah, yeah. And I had a show at KAMP, uh, Arizona Student Radio. Yeah. My boss was this guy, Vic Garcia. Yeah. Who ended up becoming my brother. He's my lifelong friend. Yeah. And he would let me fuck around. Yeah. I could fuck around. I could be funny. It was a yeah. news show. Right. But I was, it was a comedy show. Yeah. And then I, I was like, well, I like this. Well, I'll go, maybe I'll go work at the radio station. Uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year, I went and worked in Alaska. Because yeah. my dad's sister was up there. Where? My, my Aunt Karen. Fairbanks? In Kenai. Uh-huh. Which is in the Cook Inlet. Yeah. And my Aunt Karen had the cancer from the hepatitis C. Yeah. And she was up in Soldatna. She yeah. worked at a hospital in Soldatna. Yeah. <clears throat> and she was like... Why don't you move up here? Yeah. She's like, what are you going to do in between your freshman and sophomore year of college? When you yeah. go work at Applebee's and Aurora? Yeah. She's like, come up here. Yeah. And I moved up there huh. just kind of like sight unseen. Just like, yeah, fuck it. Alaska. Took two bags up there. And she's like, you got to get a job. I applied everywhere. Yeah. Restaurants, the radio station. And finally I went to the docks and I was like, you guys hiring? And they're like, we're always hiring. <laughs> yeah. And then I worked as a member of the dock crew at Pacific Star Seafood. That's for, a classic Irish. Yeah, it is like old school. I'll go find myself in the work. Yeah, yeah. And my mom is Irish Catholic. You know, she was, she was the Irish family member. So I think I really got all like a lot of the personality traits of like, yeah, you fucking go work. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. work until you hurt. Right. And, uh, and I went up there and, you know, I spent the first two weeks with my aunt and then I got hired and then I lived on the docks for three months, huh. made good money. Just uh, taking shit off boats? Taking shit, fueling the boats, doing fish nights. Uh, a lot of the times What's I was- What's a fish night? Like, well, the, they only really fish for salmon Mondays yeah. and Wednesdays. Okay. This is 20 years ago. But Mondays and Wednesdays were fish nights and fish and game would come. 
and like monitor to make sure you weren't overfishing the river. Yeah. The Kenai River is, you know, one of the largest salmon populations in the world. And they, um, they would monitor it. So dock crew, you're working on fish nights. You're working like 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. Huh. You're just going straight through. You get a lunch break, a dinner break, and then like another snack break. Yeah. But it was the shit. The yeah. guys I worked with, you know, Mike and Dave and like my roommate Steve, and and, and we would all just get really stoned at lunch. Yeah. And then fucking work. Yeah. And I like... <laughs> And I was making them laugh. I was like getting them. Yeah. When we were getting high, I was like making them laugh like my buddies back in Aurora. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I should do stand-up. Yeah. And my Aunt Karen and I, after, you know, when I, I would get nights, I would get nights where I could go to her house and have dinner. And I remember we were smoking cigarettes watching Daniel Tosh do stand-up. And I was like, he's so funny. I was like, do you think I could do stand-up? And she didn't even blink. She was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and that was like, a, in a weird way, just like her not even blinking and being like, yeah. Of course yeah i was like oh well, i'm gonna try this shit yeah and so i moved back to tucson for yeah. my sophomore year blew through the money blew through the money dude good time i, I mean was just like i got it yeah. i was buying cartons of cigarettes yeah, yeah, yeah. i was loving life that, that's how we blow through money i yeah. bought a whole carton oh dude just in in the freezer yeah just pull a new pack out in yeah. the freezer yeah and uh, i ran out of money after the fall semester spring semester i'm like well fuck i need a job and I was like, well, maybe I'll work at the radio station. I like loved, I loved working at KMP. So let me go try to work at the alternative station, KFMA. Yeah. And I went there and bothered them, just bothered them. Yeah. And then I finally got the call and they're like, hey, we need you to work midnight to 6 a.m. on Friday and Saturday nights. And I was like, done. And through KFMA, I met much like m more lifelong friends. Uh, Greg Shishman, who now lives in Seattle, from Albuquerque. Yeah, he says what's up. He said yeah. telling Albuquerque, okay. kid in Albuquerque. Nice, but he uh, he works at the end now up in Seattle, and he was like, um, he was like my first professional big brother. Yeah, he was the first guy that I came into the radio station. And he's like, I'm gonna teach you how to run the board. Yeah, I'm gonna teach you how to do edits. I'm gonna teach you how to do everything. Yeah, and I kind of was like, I found that first attaboy. I yeah. found that first sure. like, oh. Yeah, mentor. Yeah, like I'm comfortable here. Yeah. I can learn, I can fail, yeah. but no one's going to be mad at me. It's middle of the night. Middle of the night. <laughs> middle of the night. And I you know, and I worked at KFMA. You know, the first shift I did I hadn't I, I never talked on the on the real radio. Yeah. And I was so fucking nervous. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Hey, it's just like you're talking to your friend." And I'm yeah. like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah." And I think the first break I cracked the mic. I said, Ninety-two point one and one hundred one point three. My voice snapped. And I was like, "Shit!" And on our air check tape on the cassette, yeah. I wrote "Scared Dan," and then on the other side, I wrote "Not so scared Dan," because it was the next yeah. shift, and I was better. Yeah. And I took it into our pro our music director at the time, Matt Spry, and he was like, "Scared Dan," yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I was scared." He goes, "Well." That's your radio name. And so for four years, I was scared Dan on KFMA. And it was like, it gave me this ability yeah. to kind of like, it gave me momentum. And then I started doing the mics. And I did an open mic in, at Laughs yeah. in Tucson, and it went well. And then the next four months, bombed every mic. Was Bynum there? No, this was- Post-Bynum? This was Scotty Goff, yeah. who bought it from Bynum and then sold it back to him. So this was the Scotty Goff era. Because the first laughs. laughs was in Albuquerque. Oh, I know. That was and, my first road gig. Uh, yep. It was working for I was I was emceeing for a dirty magician. Oh yeah, which one? His name was uh 
What was his That's name? That's so funny. I broke in doing road work with a dirty magician. Oh, my God. Uh, no, hypnotist. I was with Frank Santos. Um, oh, I know Frank. I know Frank Santos because of laughs. laughs. Frank Santos would come around. It was, uh, his name was something, Gro- Chad Gross, I think. Yeah. But he was like, um, you know, he'd do the thing where the woman would put her hands through yeah, his sure. thing and he'd be like, now grab my belt. And you're yeah. like, you fucking perv. Yeah. But it was the first condo I sure, stayed in. Sure. Albuquerque. Yeah. Driving from Tucson to laughs. Yeah. I mean, from Tucson to Albuquerque. And, um. So I started going to laughs, but I started bombing and I couldn't, I was like, no, but my first set went so well, Right? what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And there was a KFMA staff dinner Yeah. in the morning show, the Frank show, there was a comedian named Dave Ashley who uh, has since passed away. He was a sidekick? Yeah. He was like the comedian on the yeah. show and he did stand up at laughs Right. and him and his wife, Beth were the nicest, Yeah. To, especially young comics. Yeah. You know that when you're coming up, you're like. I just want someone to be nice to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah. being fucking mean. <laughs> yeah. Someone be nice to me. And they and Dave, we were at this. Snap. Well, he sounds like a guy who found his groove. Yeah, like he had. He the was gig. super funny, man. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we were at we were at this dinner because we had done well in the ratings. Yeah. So like the company took us out, and I was the overnight guy, so I was just a free meal. Yeah. And we're at dinner, and I'm telling Dave Ashley, I'm like, dude, I'm fucking bombing when I do these mics, and he goes, Are you prepared? And I was like, even him saying that in the moment, I went, no. And he goes, he's riffing? I go, yeah, I'm just up there riffing. He goes, no, dude. <laughs> he goes, run. I know you know stand-up. I go, yeah, I know people get jokes, but I thought they just riff and, and keep riffing. And he goes, no, right, yeah. jokes. Yeah. He was the first person. I, it was, it was, it's so funny to say that now that I've been doing stand-up for 19 years or whatever, yeah. but it was like the first like, oh, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I started, yeah, because of Dave Ashley, I started writing down like, oh, I think this is funny. Yeah. And then like learning how. Sure. And it, I mean, it it changed. Sure. Mike yeah. started going well. Give you more control. Yeah. It's funny about radio comics. See, they don't get credit, but those guys who went to radio in the 80s, you know, morning show comic radio is not easy. No. And it's like, you got to be, you know, firing on all cylinders. At you got to be four in the morning. Quick as shit. I always like have a real big place in my heart for morning crews. You yeah. Know? And it was, it was a thing where the Frank show was so popular and like they were yeah. like the rock stars of our station. Yeah. That it was kind of cool even to be affiliated with them. Yeah. It was kind of cool to be like, when I, I remember when I got to go, the first time I went on the Frank show, I was just trying to be funny. Yeah. Just, and, yeah, I, was, yeah. and I remember Frank was like, man, you're green. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. You are just launching. Yeah, take joke. it down a notch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the same as when I fucked an older woman for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, slow the fuck down. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just like, focus. I was just like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah, going to give yeah, it to yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, KFMA be kind of, kind of became my uh, safe house in Tucson. It became the place that I could go where I did. I wasn't at U of A. Yeah. I was, I was living in, in real Tucson. Life. Yeah. Even though I was taking classes yeah. and stuff, I didn't, I still hung out with kids from U of A, but yeah. it was because my roommate was a weed dealer. And so. Sure. You got to stay uh, in, in the loop. In, in the loop. I'd go out and drink <laughs> on Thursday nights with like people. Yeah. That was the big night. But yeah. mostly I would be at laughs trying to get guest sets on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. And working at KFMA the rest of the time. That's great. So and, you finish your degree. I got my degree. I, I was starting to do the road stuff my senior year. Like featuring? I was featuring. I was emceeing at Laughs Albuquerque. It's funny because I did one of my first paid gigs when I was a doorman at the comedy store. I went to Laughs. I think I like, I think I, fe- I might have 
opened for Jeff Foxworthy before the the wow. redneck thing. Because by the and, way, all those headshots are were still up at last. Sure. But I was there in 03, 04. Yeah, this, I'm o- talking 87. So it was fun for us because 04, you're looking at the 87 headshots yeah, and you're right. going like, look at Foxworthy. I know. Yeah. You're like, look at Seinfeld. Foxworthy with the mullet. Oh my God. Yeah, and yeah. we, so we would always, you know, I would stand there waiting to go up, just look at it being like, crazy these guys work there. Oh, dude, are you going, you're going to the store tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm at yeah, the store tomorrow night. Yeah, look at that hallway. I love it. That's, that reminds me of laughs. <laughs> Every time I've been at the store, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, look, this is like the, yeah. Zanies in Nashville. Again. Very yeah. similar Zanies in Chicago. Yep. They have all the old ones. And yep. You're like, look at this motherfucker. But those two have Killer Bees headshots. Killer Bees, gonna... best save up. <laughs> There's the reason they got that balcony. It, and now it's the Nate Bargetzi balcony. Yeah, yeah. Now but, Nate Bargetzi, that, that whole town's Nate Bargetzi. Yeah. <laughs> His whole face is on the fucking side. fucking murals on the wall. Yeah, it's like Roadhouse. He's fucking running shit. I, I can't be, it's so rare that I'm happy for a guy, but I'm certainly happy for him. I, he used to open for me. Dude. And I remember seeing him in Grand Rapids for the first time. And I, I didn't, I met him in New York. I didn't know him in New York, but he was still kind of doughy and sweaty. And yep. uh, and he was up in Grand Rapids. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? It was and the I, Laugh It Up Festival. Yeah. And you, because Nate's one of my best friends. Oh, yeah. And I back in the day when he was doughy and sweaty, yeah. I was opening for him. Right. That was the road gigs I was getting. Okay. When Nate was doing C-clubs. Yeah. And he was just my friend. And I was just so taken with his. And I remember specifically, he goes, dude, Mark Marin came up to me and was like, you're funny. <laughs> and, he, and it was like. He watched both my shows. And I remember both of us being like, what? I was like, I, I knew Marin. Uh, I, I would talk to him, Air America, but yeah. it was after the what the, you know, sure, after, after this podcast yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. exploded. And he's like, I mean, dude, he like, I might work with him. And I was like, dude, charmed life. Look, it was like, and it, it was, and now he's doing arenas and he's like the guy. I know. And it's, it's, it's so deserved yeah. and so loving. But, you know, KFMA in, in doing laughs got me ready. And then it kind of came to the point where I was like, well, you don't stay here. And I didn't like LA. Yeah. I didn't like the energy no, you of made LA. The right call. And I was, and I always, like I said, from growing up and loving tough crowd yeah, yeah. and stuff, I was like, and I remember being like, let me just see if I can hang. I just want to see if I can fucking hang in with New the York. big dogs yeah. in New York. And I moved there and it was the greatest decision I ever made. It was, some of the leanest years of my life, you know, with zero. But you had money. like what three, four years under your belt of hammering I, it out. I had two and a half years, and yeah. then so I kind of knew. But then I moved there, and I went to like three mics, and I was like, I got to rewrite everything. Yeah, I'm so road hacky. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could, yeah. You could just tell. I was yeah. like, I was doing things that were pandering. Sure. To the crowd. Sure. And then I'm going to open mics, and it's like Rory Scovel, right? Kumail just moved there. Jesse Pop. Like I'm watching these guys that are like. I'm like, holy shit. Uh-huh. And I'm coming up with- well, Those are kind of lyrical guys. We, we, we yeah. weren't watching the punchies. I will. Like, like Attell and Geraldo. I, I would and sneak Patrice. into the cellar. Yeah. And that was- That's where you- That were. was the education. That's that's like the boxing ring. Yeah. You, yeah. I would go, I became friends with uh, Big J. Yeah. I became friends with Big J Okerson, who's still this day one of my closest friends. Yeah. And he got me in with one of the door guys at the cellar, Shaq. Yeah. Who's passed away, rest in peace. But Shaq would be like- I wasn't at the cellar, none of that. He just knew I was a comic, and he'd be like, all right, you can come in. Right. And he would sneak me into the little seats on the side. Yeah, sure. And I would watch Geraldo, yeah. Attell. One time I was watching Attell. Yeah. And as a, as a desert rat, yeah. this blew my mind. Uh, it was, this is before Louie came out. Yeah. So the cellar wasn't sold out every yeah, yeah. show. No, I know, yeah. It was like a weeknight, half-filled. 
they would do one crowd for both shows and then and just you could the one leave. room yeah just the one room yeah. and the crowd could leave and more people would come in right and it was ever changing but it was technically two shows so i'm watching a tell on the late show drinking a beer just watching a tell and someone sits now next to me with a full pitcher of beer and i'm like who's in stanhope yeah sure yeah. stug stanhope <laughs> yeah. who's one of my heroes <laughs> and i'm just like what the fuck and he's like hammered yeah doug yeah being real doug yeah and he's watching a tell and he's like hitting me on my arm on a tell jokes and i'm like <laughs> right and i'm like in my head i'm like I got to go sleep on a futon in Hoboken. This is so worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so worth it just sure. to watch yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan Hope lose it to a tell. Oh, oh, dude, I used to, I remember when I was working at the improv in like the late 80s at the original improv and Hicks was living in town for, he, he lasted a few months. And, uh, you know, we're hanging out in the bar in front of the improv and Brian Regan was going on. Yeah. And Hicks is like, gotta go watch Regan. Really? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I'm I, sitting, love, I, geek, I geek out so yeah. few often. And we're sitting anymore, in the back but... of the improv. There's hardly anyone there. And, 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 Hicks. and Hicks is just loving Regan. Loves I love Regan. it. Because yeah. Regan's the, one yeah. of the oh, greatest, yeah. the I mean, best. Yeah, the yeah. funniest of all time. And Hicks, obviously legendary. Yeah. yeah. But just so different. So different. But, but it's like me. Like, I like watching Goofy Guy. I love, yeah. I love Nate. I am. You know, it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not callous yeah. people can get in i you love know? it though yeah, yeah. i love hicks being like ah, stubbing out a cigarette i gotta yeah, go watch regan, go watch regan. Totally. Let's fucking go. totally i love it so yeah, much yeah, yeah. because rant and e minor is just as important to me as i walked on the moon of course like yeah. they're like those yeah, two yeah. albums where you're like i That's just the love full spectrum the yeah full spectrum but it, it you know moving to new york and then um i was i had no money and i was yeah. waiting tables and i got hired uh rob cross who used to be the operations manager of k-rock and he was like the man at KFMA, the one in Tucson, was now at Sirius because he went there with Howard right. in 05. Right. And I reached out to him. I was like, hey, man, former KFMA, Desert Rat. I'm in the city. I'm doing stand-up. Yeah. If you need to hire anybody. And he was like, uh, I don't know, come by, Sirius. Come yeah. to Sirius and talk to me. Yeah. And so I talked to him. And he's like, listen, we're having a hiring freeze right now. I remember him specifically going, it's an EEO hiring freeze. I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. But he's like, but, you know. I'll, you can do production and stuff. I'll let people know. Yeah. And then I got a call from Danny at, uh, she worked at Free FM. Yeah. Which was the old K-Rock. Yeah. And she's like, we're doing rock music on the weekends. Yeah. Do you want to come in and maybe do some, like, get back on air? Yeah. Like, abso Yeah. And I went in and I got a job and it was union. Yeah. So I was getting good money. Oh, great. Like 250 a shift. Yeah. And I would just work whenever someone would call out. Yeah, I would be there. Yeah, and I saved up, and that's how I got the place in Astoria. Yeah, to rent, and I worked at K Rock, and then I was doing stand up, but also working at K Rock on like because it switched back from Free FM to WXRK K Rock, and I would give Nate shout outs on the radio. They'd be driving back from like one nighters. Yeah, and Big J would be like, "Hey, are you working at K Rock?" I'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, who are you with?" Yeah, he'd be like, "Justin," and all these people are like, "Hey, Jay and Justin are driving back right now from a gig." You know, yeah, and they'd yeah, be yeah. like, "Ah," and it was the radio was still cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, you were at Air America. Yeah. And then that's that's what leads us when you got let go. I think like a month later I was let go. Yeah. And I remember seeing you at, at Eastville and I was like, all right, I, I have something to talk to him about. <laughs> and I remember walking up to you being like, you know, 
I know you got fired at Air America. I just got I just got fired from CBS Radio, and you were like, "Oh man!" And you were just like, "What the fuck?" And you were really, you know, it was before you had this. It was sure. Before you, I was, I was a pretty shattered guy. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you being like, "Man, fuck them." Yeah. What is this shit? Radio's dying, and I was like, "Yeah, Mark Marin." It, and I knew who you, you know. Yeah, yeah. I knew about you well. I'd listened to your album, so I was mm. like, "Yeah, man, <laughs> fucking radio, right?" And I'm drinking a beer, but it was such like. You know, little kids when they follow adults and they like see an adult do something. That was yeah. me doing that to you. Yeah, where I was like, right, locked right into the uh, crankiness. Look at us <laughs> trying to be funny, and they're not letting us. Yeah, and yeah. you were like, man, I'm going to California, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I was already shattered. I'd, I'd gotten through the divorce, and I came back and started this in yeah. 2009. Yeah, and you just hammered it out. Yeah, and here we are, full yeah. circle. It's, it's, it was it was crazy, and it was like. You know, then I got fired from, when I got fired from K Rock. I was like, "Well, all in, all in, man. Yeah. Let's just do." St-. And I would just wait tables during the day and just do stand up at night. And yep. was lucky, and I got Montreal, and that led to a manager that got me a gig that I could leave. You know, yep. waiting tables, and it's just been like. And you're doing some acting now. Yeah, I, I did some acting. I was on the I was on the show Billions, yep. which is wrapping it, which is over. It's the final season. You right like now. the acting? I do. I don't. Like, like the pursuit of roles. Me neither. And I don't like the waiting either. Neither do I. It's funny. Big J, well, yeah. that was Big J's biggest problem. Yeah. Because what's funny is how I got back to radio. Yeah. Podcasts were blowing up. Yeah. And I didn't have one. And Big J has always been one of my closest friends. And his girlfriend, Christine, we were outside smoking cigarettes at the cellar one night. She's like, why don't you guys do a podcast? Yeah. You guys are always joking around and yeah. riffing. And I was like, yeah, let's try it. So I bought all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know and what was it called well we we didn't have a name for it yeah we were recording it in queens under the train yeah so we're gonna call it the under the train podcast right but we didn't have anything and then Attell was doing a show for comedy central called um the Attell from the underground or it was like it was yeah it was a tell and all of his favorite new york comics and i was there watching jay tape his set and one of the guys from comedy central was like asking about what i was doing and i was like oh jay and i have eight practice episodes of a podcast and he was like don't release those. Don't release those. He's like, can can I hear a couple of them? Yeah. This guy, Steve, who's, we called him Cool Dad. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it to you. And so uh, Dave Kimowitz, the late, great Dave Kimowitz, who was Jay's manager who passed away, he did like a sizzle reel. Yeah. And he gave it to him, and they loved it. And Sirius had been reaching out to me about doing something because I had been on Opie and Anthony a lot. Yeah. And they were like, you know, we kind of want to figure something out for you. They, they were trying to get me in somehow, and then with this tape, Comedy Central was a little more excited. Yeah. And we went to Sirius, and they were like, their first idea was for me to host a clip show right, no. where I'd play stand-up clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, have me and Jay fuck around. Yeah. And they were like, maybe in a couple months, right. we could have Jay come on as a guest. I was like, no, no, no. This I, I, I said this yeah, in a yeah, boardroom, yeah. which as a former radio guy, you'll love. Yeah. I said, why do radio people do this all the time? I said, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Let <laughs> yeah, us, yeah. Do, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah. And my manager, Brian Stern, was like, ah, all right, I don't know if I'd say it like that. But I go, get out of the way. Yeah. Just get out of the way and try it. Yeah. What and do you got to do is you got 900 stations. Yeah. So yeah. they gave us six test episodes. Yeah. And Jay and I did it and it became the bonfire. Right. And then we did the bonfire, which grew to four days a week which we did for eight years. Yeah. And I was back in radio, yeah. but on my terms. Yeah, it's great. In a place at Sirius that ha- didn't have an EEO hiring with Freeze right. when I got now, hired. Did you, did you pull an audience? It was great. Yeah. Best so, fans. And, they, and they've and they stuck. I left in March. I stepped away from the show and Bobby Kelly took over yeah. for me. 
All right. <clears throat> because Big J, the entire time we made the show, I was leery of radio, as we've just explained. Sure. I was kind of over it after I got fired yeah, from K-Rock. Yeah, and everything, the whole landscape's changing. Yeah. And I just didn't, I was like, I just didn't want to be in radio. Yeah. So I didn't have a sweet tooth for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Jay, Jay loves broadcasting. He's yeah. He's great at it. Yeah. And he was like, I want to do the show. And I kept being like, I'm only doing this for a limited amount of time. Yeah. I, I made that clear from yeah. the beginning. I was like, hey, I don't want to do this forever. Yeah. And Jay was like, I do. And I was like, well, let's build this show and then I'll I'll bail when I feel necessary. Right. Thinking two, three years. Yeah. And we went eight. Eight years. But it got us through the pandemic. Sure. And Big J's one of the funniest human beings I've ever yeah, been he's around. Yeah, great. Yeah, I always loved him. I, yeah. So now you're just on the road. Now I'm just doing stand-up. And how's the draw? Good? It's great. Oh, good. Bonfire fans are still coming out. Yeah. Billions fans. And I noticed you're touring. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to start a podcast in October or November. Just a, a 30 minute one on one. On your own terms. You don't, yeah. On my own terms. Yeah. Come and hang out. Yeah. We're just going to bullshit about whatever All you right. feel like. Well, come do it. Yeah. I would love that. All I right. would fucking blow my mind to have Mark Marin. Yeah. He's kind of, you know, but it's like hang cyclical. out. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you're like, oh. Yeah, come recreate that yeah, we've Eastville got, hang. Yeah, at the we've bar. gotten all the way full circle in this conversation back to Eastville, and now your trajectory. And now yeah. I'll come to your podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the world will end. And then it's all, it's all. We're all the, the simulation <laughs> keeps fucking exactly. re- recycling. But uh, what's the website? Because I know you got a lot of dates coming up. Danceoder They're all up there. Yeah, great talking to you, man. Man, this was. Out of all the interviews I've listened to, you yeah. know, the Robin Williams, sure. the Josh Homme, the yeah. Obama. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, this was real cool, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I thought you were going to say, like, this was going to be the best interview. No, no, no. <laughs> I actually felt bad. I felt like the entire time I'm like, I got too sad at one point. I should have been funnier. No, no, no. Yeah. That wasn't, that, that sadness was uh, legitimate. Oh, it was 100%. And you know how this show works. We're yeah. not looking for laughs all the time. I'll just, oh, I'll, I'll, my favorite, I'll, I'll turn you to sadness. One of my favorite moments was Louis choking up about talking about his daughter being born. Oh, my born. God. Yeah. Boy, I wish, uh, well, what are you going to do? You guys got to run that back. We'll see. I'll yeah. talk to you later. <laughs> later. There you go. Uh, Dan Soder. His tour dates and ticket links are at dansoder.com. Hang out for a minute, people. Hey, folks. This episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. You know all those times you've heard guests sneeze on the show. Well, actually, you don't hear any of that because we cut the sneezes out when we're editing. But take my word for it, people definitely sneeze in here, and when they do, I've got a box of Kleenex on the table right in front of them so they can use one and get right back to business. And here's what Kleenex means to me, a tissue that will hold up. We've all used those other tissues that you blow holes right through. When I see Kleenex, I know that tissue is up for the job. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Four years ago this week, I had a great chat here in the garage with the one and only John Goodman. You can go listen to that right now in whatever app you're using to listen to this episode. You know, it's like when you finally get that clarity and you're feeling you know, relatively comfortable in your own skin. I mean, the worst thing about it is that, uh, you know, that's it. That's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the hardest thing to accept. But I didn't know that for 30 years. Right, right, right. And 
it, it took me a long time to just, okay, this is all right. Yeah. And, and when I look around, it's better than all right. It's pretty good. It's good. The gratitude element is the always the missing factor yep. when you're hard on yourself, you know, because I'm just sort of like, fuck it. You know, what the fuck? What's the fucking point? I'm an asshole. And then, and then you know, if, you, if you're able to manage it, which I'm not great at, you know, it's okay. Well, I, yeah, I figured nobody owes me a thing. So. Right. <laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> right. Nobody owes you anything. But that doesn't mean there's not a world full of assholes out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And mostly they, you, you have to laugh at them. Yeah. Well, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. You know, as opposed to sort of my, – my thing is, is I get into a thing where, like, that guy's an asshole. Why am I not more like him? <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's successful yeah exactly <laughs> to get all wtf episodes ad free sign up for wtf plus by going to the link in the episode description or go to wtfpod.com and click on wtf plus all right okay okay guitar time <laughs>
Monkey and LaFonda, Cat Angels everywhere. <laughs>